Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Well, thank you for being in church this morning. I, I believe with all that I am that God has something in store for you today. I, it's just not an accident that you're here, and so I'm grateful that you are. I, I, I really want to continue on what I started last week. For those of you that were here, um, I talked about expanding your heart, and that's what I want to do uh, uh, today. I just want to talk more about it. Heart expansion, how, how important it is for us as believers to make room for more. Now, now, how do you do that? How do you do what God has called you to do? It's important that you know that. And, and, and I probably had more people talk to me this last week about last Sunday's message than I have had in a long time. I think it was kind of one of those points where I was like, well, I hadn't thought about it quite like that. I mean, even our staff all week, we were talking about what God had laid on our hearts for this. And see, we have things of God that he has for us, and we have them available. But if you don't learn to expand your heart, a lot of times the enemy robs you of getting those things. And I, I don't want that for you. I don't want it for your life. I don't want it for your marriage. I don't want it for your kids, for your coworkers, for everyone that you're in contact with. You have to understand that God wants to give you what he has for you. But let me tell you, just equally as on the other side of that, the enemy doesn't want you having that. And so if you can learn to expand your heart, you can receive things that you'd have never, never been able to receive had you not learned the tools that God has given us for expanding our heart. We are three-part beings, and I, I want to make sure that I'm real clear this morning, or as clear as I'm capable of being. Uh, we are three-part beings. We are body, soul, and spirit. We're made in God's image. And he is a three-part being. We're three-part being. We are made in his image. We are body. Body is our physical makeup. And it receives input by how? By five physical senses. You can see, you can hear, you can taste, you can smell, you can touch. There's five physical senses that allow input into your physical body. Now, your soul is your mind, will, and emotions which can be carnal or can be spiritual. When you're studying the Word and you're experiencing the things of God in your mind, in your, you're just really excited about Him during worship. How can, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. If you're a Christian, your soul was just, you're emotional about that. It's an exciting time. And so your soul is excited when you allow it to get there. But your soul also has to be renewed on a daily basis, sometimes a minute-by-minute minute basis. Your spirit, man, is born again, is united with Christ. It knows right, and it wants to do right. That's your spirit, man. Now, last week, I was talking to someone about these points, and they asked me this question, and I thought, I've got to just spend a moment here because it's very important. Which one is saved? Well, it's a good question. Let's turn to Romans 10, verse 9, or you can look at it on the screen. 
If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, it goes on to say in verse 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Now, this is really a cool verse. And I I learned this verse years ago and, and how important it was that people understand it. See, you believe in your heart and you are made right. Okay, we're talking about expanding our heart today. You believe in your heart, you're made right. Here's where so much confusion starts right out of one of the greatest verses in all of your life. You accept Jesus into your life. You accept him as king. You accept him as Lord into your heart. And you, you have this thought which we are told and we believe that we are saved. But we're three-part beings. So which part is saved? That's the question. Well, here's what I can tell you. All three parts are. But they come in tenses. Yes, that's so good. So good. You are saved... You are being saved, and you will be saved. Now I've really confused everybody. I said I was going to be as clear as I could, and I want to make sure that I am. When you believe in your heart and you make Jesus Lord of your life, your spirit man becomes as right with God as it will ever be. It is saved. It is saved. The Bible says it is sealed to the day of redemption. You're saved. Your spirit man is right with God. And you have to understand that it's as right, is in righteous standing. It was Jesus that made that right. You didn't, he did. What about your soul? Once again, your mind, will, and emotions. That is being saved. It's on a daily basis needing to be renewed. That's why the Bible says wash, wash your, your life. Wash it with the word. You wash it daily with the word. Just like taking a bath every day. Praise God that you do that. You need to do that with the word in your mind, will, and emotions. Because everyone here knows your mind, will, and emotions can get off. You can know what's right and not do it. You can read the word, know what you're supposed to do, and still not do it. And so it's continually, day by day, needing to be saved. Then your body, praise God, will be saved. There's a day coming where the, we believe that you'll get a new body. You believe that this body will be made right will be made right. Now, that's not to say you don't take care of it while you're here. Some people are like, well, (laughs) praise God, give me another piece of cheesecake. (laughs) It'll be right one of these days, but right now ain't nothing I can do about it. (laughs) That's not what it's talking. It's just saying there'll be a day in time because when you're born, come on, you can testify that a 50 or 60-year-old doesn't look like a five-year-old. it looks like the five-year-old's getting better, and then there comes a point where it's not heading to better, it's heading to decline. So I just, I know that I have challenged a lot of people with this, and I say praise the Lord. Dive in to that challenge. Dive in. Romans 10, 10, once again, it's believing in your heart that you're made right, with God. So in your belief from your heart, you're made right. In the belief in your heart, you're made right. Well, where is your heart in all three of these parts of your being? It's all of them. 
In your body, it's the blood pumping organ. In your spirit, man, you're, 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 you're as right with God will ever be. And so your heart was made right. And in your soul, your heart needs to be renewed daily. Everybody kind of get that. And if you didn't, then listen to it on podcast just over and over again. I'm not going to keep trying to, to, to share that with you. But let me give you some more verses. See, we have this belief in a lot of different upbringings that once you ask Jesus in, the heart's all right. And the answer to that is, yes, you're right. And you're wrong. If your heart's all right, then you don't have anything else to do. It's all right. There's nothing I can do to get it right. That is your spirit, man. That's the spirit side, per se, of your heart. But let me give you some other verses the Bible talks about your heart. John 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You mean your heart can get troubled? I thought once you're saved, your heart wouldn't have any more. Well, this is the word, Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Well, I'm saved, so I'm saved. I know the course. Your spirit man's as right as it will ever be, but daily, you better make sure that it's on course. Jeremiah 17.9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Matthew 15, verse 18, Jesus said, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. In your heart, you have the responsibility of purifying it. Well, how do I do that? The Word. The Word makes right what was wrong when you take it to heart. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I put this slide up, and I want to do it again this week. Your heart, the only thing that can divide the soul and spirit is the Word. The sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. And that is why I see the heart as being used in all three parts of your being. The soul side of the heart, joints, Joints, your being, they connect things, the soul side, the thoughts, the mind, the will, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, oftentimes based on emotion and sometimes carnality or sometimes because God said, mind, will, and emotions. And they can be either one, carnal or spiritual. Life comes through your heart. Life comes through and it must be renewed in the soul side, the spirit side. The marrow, the, that, the marrow, if you study that, and I'm not giving a science lesson, but it produces the, the parts of the blood that are good. The marrow. It's the, the spirit side is born again, and it is as right with God as it will ever be. Its intent is always right. It always knows what the right thing is to do, and it's willing to do it. It's a cool part. It has the mind of Christ. 
It is united to Christ. Life comes from the Spirit, so it is the giver of life. Now, the, the giver of life that it is is the Zoe. It's the God kind of life. And you can only obtain that through a relationship with Jesus. So today, I want you to know the Word knows the condition of your heart. Well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. Get in the Word. The Word will reveal whether you're saved or not. See, the Word does that. The Word knows the condition of your heart. Your spirit is saved, and Jesus knows that. He went to the cross to save you, and your spirit side is saved. He knows your name. He knows the day you asked him in. He loves you. We sang about it this morning. He loves you, and we love him. The Scripture This scripture that I just read is a biblical definition of our heart. The condition, the combination of the soul and the spirit, and let me just go the blood pumping organ. See that? God knows the condition of all that. The soul is the middle of the body and the spirit. And the body and the spirit run in parallel to each other. And in the middle is the soul, and it's the joint that connects you one with the other. I just feel it's important that we make sure we get this. The part of your heart that needs the Word of God on a daily basis and needs to be renewed is your soul. And we have to sow the Word in our heart, in our soul. Praise God, I'm talking to a bunch of Christians today. If I would ask how many of y'all were saved, I, I, I would want you to think, well, what do you mean, body, soul, or spirit? Because I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. Well, let's just talk about your spirit, man. How many of you are saved? I'm saved. My spirit man is as right with God as it'll ever be. I'm saved. And I know that I'm talking to a bunch of people like that, but daily we're renewing our mind. Daily we're getting our will and our emotions lined up with the word. And we're going down this middle of the road path with the body over here, the world here, and the spirit man here. And we're, we're always fighting which one to listen to. That's the renewal. That daily you're renewing that. Your soul contains the joint. Now, Expanding your heart, what we're talking about today, heart expansion. Keeping in mind the spirit side of your heart is always in right standing. It's saved. The soul side is being saved and the part that I'm talking about today. There are so many Christians that are living with a broken heart and yet they're spiritually in right standing. They're spiritually in right standing, but their heart's broke. And so I want to talk about the soul man today, ones that have asked Jesus into their heart And their spirit man's all well, but their life's in turmoil. I'm saved. I'm saved. There's no doubt that I'm saved, but 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 I'm 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 leaking. My heart has a hole in it. And as soon as I fill it up, it just seems like it all just goes out. I I was I was talking to um one 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 person after well, I was talking to him Wednesday night, and here was the words they said, you know, I come in to church and I'm always just kind of like this walking in. But she goes, I'm just telling you, when I walk out, my back's like, what is that? She asked me. And I said, you just expanded your heart. You allowed your heart to get, but then all through the week, there's a slow leak. And we're just letting, so you got to get back to church. I'm just telling you, ever miss church for two or three times? 
you just feel like you just leaked out. The enemy don't want you to contain in your heart what God wants to give you. And he sure don't want you to retain it. He has no desire for that. He don't want you to keep living that. And that's why I think church, the body of Christ together, is a really great thing collectively. Because when I get here, I'm just telling you, I leave every Sunday and I leave every Wednesday night. I don't care who is delivering the word. It was God that used somebody. And I was in the presence of the Lord with his people. And I, I'm just telling you, I leave and my back's a little straighter. And I'm, I'm re- I, I identified with exactly what was being said to me this week. Why is that? It's, it's just something that happens when you get your heart filled when the worship music, when we're, when we're singing and when we're praising and we're enjoying time with God, there's just something that it expands. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? That, that's, that's your heart. Well, why doesn't it feel like that Tuesday at work when the boss comes in and says, we got a tough day? Oh, I'm sick. <laughs> I'm going home. See, we don't understand what's happening. And I'm not saying that you can't do that on your own, but I, you can't do it at the level God intended it for without being around God's people. Now, obviously, today I'm preaching to the choir. You say, well, I'm here. Don't spend any more time on that. Well, we'll stay here. Keep coming. Luke 21, verse 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. See, God's word doesn't ever leave. It never leaves. Here's the really cool thing that you want to hear. The Bible says in verse 34, take heed to yourselves. It doesn't say God's going to take heed for you. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, cares of this life, and that day comes on you just all of a sudden. Everybody here has had that day come on them. They're going, well, wait a minute here. You don't know me. I don't drink. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't carouse anymore. That's not what I'm talking about. See, our understanding of this only is ever applied to our body the heart part of our body. We always think drunkenness, carousing, cares of the day is all based on our physical existence here on planet earth. And I want to challenge you today, it's way bigger. Well, I've already taken heat. I don't do any of those things. Yeah, I know we're we're all the perfect Christian in body. We're in church on Sunday mornings. We don't get drunk and we don't carouse. Everybody goes, yeah, well, that's me. That's not what this is talking about. Because it goes very, very clearly and says, you don't want your heart weighed down. Carousing. Some say dissipation, some say surfeiting in King James. Only place in scripture this word is used. And it means overindulgence. You can overindulge your heart. And it says to take heed and be aware that you don't do this. See, don't, don't let your heart be overindulged. Well, how can I do that? I can just tell you, turn on the news 24-7 and you'll get overindulged. You, you can use so many illustrations here, but you can overindulge in a lot of things that that's all your heart is and it's weighing it down. It's just continually, I don't know if I can handle this any longer. I talked a lot more about that last week. Drunkenness. He's not talking about drunkenness after the flesh. He's talking about drunkenness of the heart. You know your heart can get drunk. People are drunk on their past. Things that have happened, 
maybe just this morning getting ready to come to church and you walked in here drunk. Well, how would I have done that? Well, because you are giving time to what all has happened over the last week or the kids this morning, the spouse this morning, something you just walked in and I can't get my mind off of that. And right now you're just, you're in this drunken stupor and you don't even know it. And it's all happening in your soul, man. You know, drunkenness is a big deal. Obviously, we're not talking about the liquid side of that, although you can make the application. We're talking about in your mind where it just gets so clouded. Number three, cares of this world it talks about. Cares, worry, anxiety, fear. We have not learned to take heed to ourselves. I'm sick and tired of Christians being fearful, worried, anxiety. I'm just telling you, we went through that COVID-19 junk. We went through all the things that were associated with that pandemic. And I believe with all that I am that it was just a dress rehearsal of something worse that's coming. And Christians couldn't stand through that. How are we going to handle what's next? You didn't make it through that dress rehearsal. I'm just telling you, you better put some real emphasis on expanding your heart and getting yourself to a place where minute by minute you can handle what's coming. Don't you think for a second we don't have an enemy, and we do, and he's trying to take us out. If the enemy can get you drunk of heart, if he can do that, he can keep you from furthering the kingdom of God. In your life, being effective. If he can get you drunk of heart, you're not concerned about being effective. Here's how he does it. The conditions of a drunk heart are disorienting, dis- disorientation, confusion, frustration. You, you just, I don't really know. You understand that drunks in the physical realm are disoriented or confused. They can't think right. If he can get you drunk of heart in your mind, will, and emotions, you're not going to think right. And then you're going to have poor judgment. And if the enemy can get you drunk in your heart, then he'll, he'll get you to a place where you lose the ability to discern right and wrong. And once again, that soul right here in the middle of the body and the spirit is the joint and you start going over to what's best physically, not what's best spiritually. See, so he, he don't want you to have good judgment. And we always hear from the world judgment based on what's best for you physically. Let me say that again because I want to make sure. That was a really bigger point than you gave credit. And I just need to. The world will always give you what's best for your heart physically. They're not interested in you hearing it spiritually. That's why you better hear from God. You better hear from the word of God. Because poor judgment can come by you thinking what's going on is the best physical move and it's actually the wrong joint. You're you're giving credit to something that you don't. And then the last thing that the enemy does, if he can get you drunk of heart, then you become vulnerable. I, I just, Satan has to get you drunk in your heart to take advantage of you. 
When you're of sober mind, and the Bible has so many scriptures, being of sober mind, being of sober heart, then you, come on church, you are a threat to the devil. We've got to learn to have a sober heart. And you've got to keep in mind, when the Bible says to stay sober, it's not just talking about a liquid sobriety. It's talking about not having a drunk heart. The devil cannot take out a sober-minded, faith-filled Christian. He can't take them out. So if you're being taken out, you need to know you're probably dealing with some drunkenness. You, you just, I don't know how else to say it, but I'm trying to bring to light something that I'm tired of the enemy holding us in darkness over. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Talks about staying humble. Be sober, be vigilant. Be sober, be vigilant because you have an adversary. And he's walking about like a pussycat with no teeth. A roaring lion, supposedly. That's not a roaring lion. We serve the lion of Judah. So we've got this thought that we're going to get taken. And what I'm telling you is we're not. How do we not be? You stay sober and vigilant. When you're not sober, you're not vigilant. You're not aware. Resist the enemy. How? Steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. Verse 9, steadfast in the faith. Staying sober, talking about in the heart, being alert. The devil has to get you drunk to devour you. Did you get that point? All right. You can only resist the enemy, the devil. You can only resist Satan in faith. You cannot resist Satan in unbelief. Unbelief is a product of an unrenewed heart. Every time. So the devil's got to get you to a place in your heart that you're not recognizing where you're at. You're in a drunken stupor. You're making poor judgment and you're vulnerable. And it's at that place that you don't have a resistance to the enemy. I just got to read the verse 9 of 1 Peter 5 again. It's very important that you get that. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith. And you can know that the same sufferings are experienced by other people, by other brothers and sisters in the faith. They're experienced that same thing, and they are working on the same battle. We're all in this together. Come on, the body of Christ is working hard on resisting the enemy. We're trying to resist the enemy. We're resisting the enemy. We're not letting our emotions get away from us. We're not trying to go to a place. We're trying to resist the enemy. And what I'm telling you is you can try all you want, but you'll never get it accomplished when you're not in faith. You can only resist him in faith. Faith, okay, we're getting deep now. Y'all with me? Faith is a condition of your heart. It comes out of your heart. Unbelief is a condition of your heart. And it comes out of your heart. Faith is a condition of your heart. Unbelief is a condition of your heart. Now listen. 
faith has a voice and unbelief has a voice. Boy, this is good. And I got to be honest with myself. People will say, I just wish they knew my heart. I won't ask for a raise of hands, but just think about that. How many times have you heard someone say that? I just wish they knew my heart. They obviously just, they just don't, they don't know my heart. Let me tell you this. You don't even know your heart. Pastor, that's not my, that's not nice. That's not, how can everyone else know your heart when we don't even know our heart? What are you talking about? We are known in this life by our doings. Proverbs even says that children are known by their doings. You're known by your doings. So if a child's known by his doings, you got to know you are. I can be around a kid for a very short time and know his doings. His or her doings. It don't take very long. And I want to tell you the same thing goes for adults. Even when we're looking at ourselves, we have a real hard time knowing our own heart. And here's why. The Bible says it's deceitfully wicked. Your heart's deceitfully wicked. Your own heart will deceive you. That's why it's got to be renewed all the time. Your own heart will deceive you. How do I know that faith is in my heart? Or if unbelief is in my heart? Here's how you know. There's a voice. There's a voice. Faith has a voice. If faith is in your heart, there will be a voice. If unbelief is in your heart, which is a drunken heart, it's a condition of a drunken heart, it will have a voice. When you hang, hang out with anybody for any length of time, you start hearing what is in their heart. You do. You just start hearing. Here, here is the voice of faith. See, you'll, here's what you'll hear when you're around somebody or you yourself are trying to figure out where you're at. Here is the voice of faith, thanksgiving. That's the voice of faith. If you are not giving God thanks, faith is not in your heart. If the voice of faith is thanksgiving, then you can know thanksgiving needs to be coming out your mouth. You can say, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me. I can't even believe this. But thank you, God, that you're working all things together for my good. And I may not see the end, but by faith, I'm believing that God's got this under his control. I'm not even concerned about this. When it's good, when it's bad, it doesn't matter. I feel your presence. When I don't, I'm still not wrong. I'm going to lean on your word, and I love you, Lord. Come on, I, I, I can tell you, when thanksgiving's in your heart, then you've got faith coming out. When faith is in your heart, you got thanksgiving coming out. They, they just, they work hand in hand. And so we've got to expand our heart. You better understand that your faith will come forward based on thanksgiving coming out of your mouth. My faith says greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Well, I'm just being attacked. Praise God, I serve someone bigger than who's attacking me. So what, what are we saying? We're saying what's in our heart. Romans 4, verse 18. Y'all with me? Yes, Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Who are we talking about? Abraham here. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body, already dead, since he's about 100 years old. 
and the deadness of Sarah's womb, he didn't waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him as righteous. Righteousness comes in your soul, man, by thanksgiving coming out of your mouth and belief and hope in the one who's going to see your future and not giving foot or time or space to the enemy. See, contrary to hope, hope believed. Verse 19, not weak in faith. Weak faith considers how bad things are. Boy, boy, you got to hear this because if your mind is continually going, boy, it's just bad, it's just bad, it's just bad. I don't know how we're going. It's just bad. Weak faith considers how bad things are. And how everyone around you is the reason it's going bad. It's everybody around me. It had nothing to do with me. It's everybody around me. Everybody around, boy, this, the, the people I work with, I'm just telling you, the whole reason why it's going bad is because of the people that's, and we blame everybody else for our weak faith when it's actually a condition of our heart. Hmm. It's not happening. I just don't know if it ever will. I just don't know. That's weak faith. That's not the right. We all have to learn to be aware. And I start listening to what I'm saying. And there are times I have to stop myself because I hear what I'm saying and I got to sober up my mind. I got to sober up my heart and get my faith back in order and start moving forward. You know, the only way I can do that, start proclaiming the word of God in thanksgiving that he will perform exactly what he said he would. All right. So if we have a voice that comes out of our heart, here's the voice of unbelief. Here's the voice. If faith is the voice, or if, if faith's voice is thanksgiving, then the voice of unbelief is murmuring and complaining. Mur- this isn't a feel-good message if you're a murmurer. <laughs> murmuring and complaining comes right out of the heart. When you are believing that everything is terrible and you find yourself complaining and you hear others saying something in faith, you start murmuring more. Oh, they're just weird as I'll get out. You you start hearing others' unbelief and it's a magnet to yours. You know, I I don't know. I'm not feeling real good today. I'm probably going to die. Now, I'm not saying that that'll always come out of your mouth, but it starts in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, it will eventually come out of your mouth. The voice of unbelief, you got to listen for it. Matthew 12, 34, Jesus is talking. He says, you brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? Whatever's in your heart determines what you say. See, it's a condition of the heart what comes out of your mouth. It's a condition of your heart. Murmuring and complaining and grumbling is a condition of the heart. We talk a lot here at this church about watching what you say. We had a whole elevation class, and I love visiting with Jason Snellgrove about this topic because he is big about watching the words that come out of your mouth. We talk a lot about that. And I don't want to say that you shouldn't watch it. However, you need to know that your mouth is not... A thermostat, it's a thermometer. 
I lost some of y'all for just a second. Your mouth is a thermometer. It tells you the temperature of what's going on in the heart. So when you've got the wrong things coming out and you're trying to stop yourself all the time, what it should be is a revelation to you that you better get your heart fixed. Because if your heart don't get fixed, you've got a problem here. See, it's a truth teller. That's what your mouth is. It's a truth teller. Your mouth reveals your heart. There's so many deceived, drunk of heart, and believe that they are in faith. This is God's people believing that they are in faith. But if faith was in there, you'd be giving glory to God, regardless of what you're dealing with, thanking him for being the answer to what you're dealing with, and that it's just coming and I'm putting myself in a position to receive. Now, I'm not saying it's always easy, but that needs to be what you're doing, and you don't guard your heart, I mean, guard your mouth, what's coming out of your mouth to get your heart right, you get your heart right, and then you let your mouth be the thermometer of telling you what's your thermostat's right down here. It's your inner man. And if you don't get the word of God getting that fixed, you're in a lot of bad positions. God needs to show us that our heart is conditioned for unbelief. Come on, our heart is conditioned for unbelief. In this world, that's the enemy's tool. He don't want you believing that God is your answer. Yeah, I know, you, he already lost you, you're saved. He already lost you, you're saved, praise God. I'm saved and I get to go to heaven, the devil already is defeated. He is a defeated foe as far as heaven's concerned. But you're living in misery in this world because you're just in turmoil every time you turn the corner. You don't have to be not one day longer. You just got to take some time and address that heart condition. Well, I'm already saved. Yeah, you're saved in your spirit, man. But your heart, your soul, man, is still messed up and you're listening to the physical world every time you turn the corner and you're not comparing it with the word of God. And that sword was supposed to divide soul and spirit and bring it to a place where everything worked together for the good of God. And you've got a responsibility here. That's why the Bible says, take heed, take heed. Hello, wake up, here we go. You don't have to live with a heavy heart. You can live with a joyful heart. You can live in a place where God is not just enough, he's way over what I ever thought my life could be. Life is great and I'm loving every part of it. We've gotta be a very, very aware of what's coming out of our mouth. If there's so much complaining there, then you can know your life is miserable. And if he can keep you miserable here, he can keep you from experiencing God's blessings here, and he can keep everybody around you from experiencing them. You're not being any good for the kingdom of God. You know, one of the biggest attacks will come by you not being in elevation class next week. One of the biggest attacks will come because I, I just know three of the classes, you're dealing with some real parenting issues right now, and you won't be in parenting. And you're just, your heart's just broke all the time for the way your kids are acting when there was an answer right there for you to get that part of your heart repaired. That mind, will, and emotions, you can live. Man, I'm just so glad to be a parent. I love everything about it, love all my kids. I'm not saying that it all goes perfect, but I serve a perfect God with a perfect plan. And so I'm just gonna figure out what he said about it and I'm gonna try to implement those into my life. Well, he didn't say anything about that. He did talk a lot in the word about wisdom. And there's some things that work and some that don't. In fact, Jesus, even in Scripture, refers to himself as wisdom. So I'm, the, yeah, obviously there are some things said about living a life of wisdom. Yeah. You don't want to miss parenting next week. 
This is a plug, but it's very profound. We're talking about how the Holy Spirit operates. You never met Valerie Swearingen, and that woman walks in the Spirit. She got some things to say about it, and I've just been dealing with not really understanding all these things about the Holy Spirit. I just actually just, just, just was baptized in the Spirit, or I was baptized as a kid, but I really don't even know what that means, and I need to know some things associated. You know, there's a books out there. Francis Chan wrote one called The Unforgotten God. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. We talk all about Father God and Jesus, but we don't talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, and I just don't know much about him. Well, we're going to have six, seven, eight weeks of Bible study on the Holy Spirit. Why would you not want to be there if you've been struggling in that area? There's just a hole in my heart there, and I I don't really understand it. Well, there's a class starting next week. You know, I've been praying for some of my relatives to get saved. In fact, half the people on my job, man, they cuss, drink, smoke. I just, it's hard for me. And I'm not saying that's going to send them to hell, but boy, it smells like it looks like hell at my workplace. And I'm just in this position where I want to do something. I want to witness to these people. I want to encourage them. They're di- I just need to learn how to share my faith. You know, there's an elevation class next week that's going to be taught on sharing your faith. Why wouldn't you want to repair that hole in your heart for all these people that are needing saved? You might be the one person. I'm just telling you, church does something different when you take advantage of what God's doing and equips you to get fixed what's been torn. My hole is torn. I mean, I just, it needs fixed in my heart. I'm living in turmoil and frustration. And the fall of God's people for generations is murmuring and complaining. And you can know real quick, if you're complaining and you're murmuring all the time, you're probably one of the problems here. Well, I'm saved. I know you are in your spirit, man. But why don't you renew and get that soul back into a place where your heart's fixed and you can start not just containing, but you can retain. And then through the week, you can just watch that flow out of you. Are you hearing this? Listen to what's coming out of your mouth and get the thermostat fixed. That'd be your heart. Expand your heart. Come on, it's got a bigger capacity than you're allowing it to operate in. And you do that, how? By guard your heart. Because out of it comes all of what God can either use or out of it comes all of what the enemy is robbing people of. It's important. It's important. Well, how do I do that? The sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit. You, you start getting the Word of God in you. If you're not reading the Bible daily, you, may, you might need to start, well, I just can't read that many verses. Read one. <laughs> increase it to two or maybe just one and a half. But let's start getting the Word in us. Why? So that as we're going along this life and we're spiritually saved and we're physically still living in this world trying to just waiting for the day for God to save this old body, right in the middle comes the joint that connects the marrow from the spirit man to a place where all of a sudden the soul and spirit are lined up and the body don't have a choice. It's just got to come in line. It's just got to come in line. What we're doing on Friday nights, how we're talking to our kids, how we're talking to our spouse, what are we doing? Are we drunk in heart or are we daily filling that thing and getting it repaired so it can expand and it can contain more and retain what God's caused? I hope you got something out of this series and I pray that it helped you to understand that God has a purpose for your life and it's giant. And we're gonna operate and walk into it by faith. Not just what's coming out of our mouth, but as a reflection of what's in our heart. Faith is in the heart of God's people. And that's what we've been talking about all year. And I hope that makes a difference. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. 
You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.